Hello and welcome to the Turn 5 podcast. We are without Chris this week, so I'm Richard and I will be taking you through uh, the the lead role, quote unquote, of the pod. Uh, with me as usual is Alex, Ben and Nia. Um, now, Nia, I believe you've got Chris's brief race review, so do you want to kick us off with that? Nearly fell asleep. <laughs> I, I think Honestly, I don't think anyone can argue with that. No. Um, Alex? Possibly the worst race I've ever watched. <laughs> I don't think there was an on-track overtake after lap one, unless you count Gasly and Vettel. Uh, I, and I don't think we'll count team orders at Haas either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I have a bit of a roasting of Monaco in mind for later on, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that. Well, we'll, we've, we'll get to that later this episode and the whole of next week, I think. Um, Nia, what's yours? It was a bit tense seeing Norris and Perez. There was, oh, it's Monaco. Guaranteed a podium. So I, I kind of agree with Chris. It was just like, right. It was all right for the first Monaco weekend I watched. So, w- Welcome to Monaco, basically. <laughs> I, I'd say trial by fire, but it was more trial by damp squib at that point. Uh, ben, what have you got for us? Um, at the moment, where you were there watching Lando and Ford, it was good. And then you look back and you're like, that was actually really boring, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, from from my point of view, it was... Yeah, it was pretty shocking. It was basically a procession. Um, and then we, we will introduce a word from our sponsor at this point because we're going to cut away to Lance Stroll going over the curbs. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, everything just seemed to go wrong for this weekend on a weekend where, I don't know, everyone everyone seemed to be really critical of Monaco going into it because we hadn't been there last year. And I don't think that helped. Um, and I don't think Charles's incident in qualifying helped it either. Um, but it did spice up the grid, so... I mean, we'll take that from it. So, I mean, I think in, in summation, I'll say it was a, a boring race, but interesting for the season. Yeah. Just yeah. because it's thrown everything out the window so far. Yeah. I yeah. The one saving grace for that race was there were some kind of unusual results. I mean, Science and Norris on the podium. I think everyone loved that. And Netflix, nice Netflix are going to milk either. that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> they're they're going to like get the slow-mo of them pushing each other on a podium and they're going to, yeah, this is going to well, be over-dramatised. They're going to milk the team orders for just for Daniel to just say, let like, give Lando's life, <laughs> easy, make Lando's yeah. life easier and just let him pass. So like that's, Netflix are going to milk that. Well, that's, that's the thing I heard. I, I think I saw on Twitter that Netflix are with Ferrari <laughs> this weekend. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think I, think... You know, I said that in the chat in our in our group chat, yeah. didn't I? That's, but, um, um... Yeah, you literally <laughs> it just had to be, didn't it? I mean, yeah. Bert gets on pole, the perfect storyline at Monaco. I think <laughs> Netflix might wrong. have been with Lando as well, because I think I saw them in Ted's notebook after the race. I mean, if they were, then that is <laughs> that, <laughs> that that will cover them off from saying <laughs> that they're completely cursed. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> because they went with a team that ran a special one-off livery and they still managed to get a podium. Yeah, I think it, so, it makes sense that they were with them for the one-off livery. Yeah, kind of. 
because there's nothing special, nothing else special going on, apart from Williams, but with their 750 Grand Prix. Yeah, they just kind of like brushed over. Yeah, I I actually don't know where they finished Uh, at the back. Uh, 14th and 15th. I I don't think I saw them. George was 14th. Nicholas was 15th. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that. It wasn't a classic, I guess. What it was kind of interesting at the start, wasn't it? When you know the top, what was it, six or seven broke away, and they were kind of pacing themselves. They're all kind of close together, and we thought, oh, someone might, you know, undercut, overcut, and yeah. But I mean, everyone pitted about a third into the race, didn't they, at the front? Mm. And after that, even if there was a safety car, no one would have pitted to lose, so we'd have lost track position. It was just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't think. I only... in terms of the second half of the race. I can't think of worse than that. I think the only thing that could have spiced it up would be a safety car in like the final 10 laps because the front two had enough of a gap that they probably could have got away with one of them would have pit and the other one wouldn't. And it would be a case of track position versus tyre compound. But then it's Monaco, so it's you go for track position because you just park it in the middle of the road. So... Even when... Hamilton pitted in 2015, didn't he? Because there was that mistake that yeah. was Mercedes made. But yeah, even then he had fresh softs, didn't he, against old hards, whatever it was. And well, I mean, just the 2019 race, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Lewis on dead mediums and Max behind. Well, I guess Monaco's kind of been saved, hasn't it? The last two times we've been there, the leader has been incredibly slow for whatever reason. Mm. And it's kind of made it exciting. But I This think, time yeah. round, we didn't have that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could have done if Charles's gearbox had like packed up halfway through the race instead, and he'd like lost fifth gear or something. But no. Um, right, should we go back to the start of the weekend and Thursday actually this time with free practice? Um, wasn't really a lot going on to be honest. There was a red flag for Nicholas Latifi in FP two, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and then other than that, it was... Oh, Mick tapped the wall as well in FP2, didn't he? And that brought his session to an end. He hit the wall up uh, Massonet, so top oh, of yeah. Casino. Um, so he broke the right rear suspension on his car. Um, and Verstappen was fuming, wasn't he, about how slow his car was. So in, I suppose yeah. in a way... They basically did the Mercedes, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they said they're awful in practice. A Ferrari came out all cylinders firing. So that was that was interesting to see. It felt kind of strange, uh, like being sort of halfway through a session and seeing both Ferraris in like the top five. Yeah. Because we haven't seen that for a while. Um, FP, I've got like just the results here. I oh, can't yeah. exactly remember what happened, but... Um, in FP1, Charles got 20th. Was it like some, there was something wrong with his uh, car? He, yeah, he had a yeah. gearbox issue. That's it, yeah. Yeah, um, easy to forget that after. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he waved in... at his friends and then his gearbox oh, yeah. backed up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was in college just watching it on my phone. <laughs> so I was like, why is Charles there? Why is Charles there? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, that was that was pretty much it for Thursday. There was, I mean, it was it was really between Ferrari and Red Bull. Mercedes weren't quite on the pace this weekend. They weren't really there all weekend. No, it was it was a strange one. The highest the highest they got was third in FP two, FP three in qualifying. That's it. Mm. Then it was like 
third and seventh in between there. They weren't really on it at all this weekend. No. Um, someone else who wasn't on it this weekend, unfortunately, was Mick Schumacher, who binned it big time on the exit of Casino Square and completely wrote off his car to the point that they had to sacrifice qualifying. So not not a great weekend for him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we, we joked a lot about Mazepin last week, didn't we? He played yeah. Mazepin bingo. And, yeah. well, actually, yeah, Mick did overtake him, didn't he? On that yeah, that was a beautiful yeah. lunge down into low. I thought, they were, I thought they were going to both end up, you know, stuck. That yeah. someone was going to lose a front wing or something. But, no, they fair play. They, they managed that very well. Um, in Mick's post-race interview, he said he then developed engine issues, and that's what meant that Mazepin got back past. So that's yeah, why Mazepin orders, finished. Yeah, team orders from to pass. Yeah, yeah, it's because he had the engine issue and he was losing so much time. So yeah, um, that's why that happened. So Mazepin finished ahead of Mick Schumacher for once. Um, but we'll put that down to ex- exceptional circumstances of mixed engine issues. <laughs> um, but to be fair, uh, Mazepin didn't stick it in a wall, so. Surprising. Yeah. Miracles do happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what happened is that Mazepin snuck an Uno reverse card into mix overalls because that's the only thing I can think of that would have made that work. Um, I mean, both of them finished three laps down in the end, so that's a big ouch. But, I mean, it's the most, most laps on any race calendar, so it was going to be a high number of this one, wasn't it? So... I think Monza has the potential for them to get lapped because they're that slow. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could see that being a two to three lap behind. Well, I mean, bearing but... in mind how slow the leaders were going in the, in the first in as well. Yeah, exactly. What they could have done. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, I think I was, I was listening to the commentary and they said that Max's race engineer said that a 116.0 is fine for now. And yeah. the race lap records like a, a one, one ten now or something stupid. One twelve oh, one twelve point zero three seven. That's what I've got here. I'll double check that now. It sounds about right to be honest. Yeah, um, that would have been what Hamilton did when he. Yeah. One twelve nine oh nine. There you go. So yeah, I mean the fact that they're running at least three seconds a lap slower than what they can be factor that into Monza when nobody's going to be going slowly <laughs> I don't see them doing particularly well um, so let's let's move on to qualifying um, Ben what what did you make of it did Charles bin it on purpose but no I mean it's totally ridiculous it's like funny to think of it like that but you're no driver would have been it on purpose unless you talk about like Crashgate in 2008 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was instantly trying to draw parallels between uh, Schumacher at Raskas and Rosberg parking it in the runoff at Mirabeau. But both of those resulted in extremely minor or nil damage whatsoever. <laughs> Michael had to change his front wing, Nico just had to reverse the car. 
none of those had like any damage that was meaningful. And you see Charles and he's properly smashed it into swimming pool exit. That's not, no. I can't believe people were actually suggesting that that, that was going to be on purpose. Were they? Yeah, all, all, yeah, all over Twitter. Oh all over God. Twitter. I saw, I saw all over Twitter <laughs> people saying, I saw all over Twitter people saying, why would he do that? I know, I didn't actually see anyone saying he actually did it on purpose. I just saw everyone defending Charles. I think <laughs> people said it is, I saw people say it as a joke, obviously, in reference to, you know, Schumacher in particular. But yeah. No, there was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of tweets going out to the point that um, Damon Hill actually put one out that said like if you think he did that on purpose, why would he risk that substantial amount yeah. of damage to his car, and the risk of a grid penalty for changing his gearbox? I think like, I think one day we're gonna have to do an episode on like these controversies and conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On because everyone else was then behind him on a flying lap and that didn't get those laps didn't get finished. Uh, it also sort of brought out uh, a discussion on what to do in the event of uh, a red flag in the last few minutes of qualifying to try and prevent people from doing a Rosberg. Um, which I saw an interesting suggestion, which I think works really well, um, and that was if the clock. If the time on the clock is less than three minutes when the red flag is brought out, the clock gets reset to three minutes and then the session gets restarted. Because that will give everyone enough time to do an outlap and a push lap. So I I think that makes sense to me because then... Yeah, it kind of does make sense. there's, There's no benefit to causing a red flag in the dying seconds and ruining everyone else's runs because the only thing you'll have done is make them put an extra heat cycle through their tires yeah Yeah. i think if it was like that if it was only like between three and two minutes then you may as well just restart the clock to three minutes but if it's like less than two minutes there's no point starting it for like minute and a half or something like that there's no point starting the session again really that's the thing because there was anyway there was 28 seconds on the clock but everyone had already started their flying lap uh so that's that's why they said put it back to three minutes because then you've got enough time to actually go and start out again because that was the thing they didn't restart the session because there was only 18 seconds left on the clock so there wasn't enough time for them to get back round to complete the out lap and start their timed lap before the clock hit zero so yeah i i, I think it's a sensible suggestion um i think it's something that would benefit the street circuits a lot more than the other circuits purely because yeah. of how how much easier it is to bring out a red flag at a place like monaco baku singapore um but i mean places like um i mean somewhere as open as monza is it it takes a lot to bring out a red flag at monza like last year's race was the first time i've ever seen a red flag at monza so i think I mean, obviously, it can work at any circuit. Um, might need to increase the time a little bit for Spa, <laughs> um, but I think I think that's a, a sensible suggestion. Um, but other than that, I mean, qualifying was interesting. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's the sort of the jewel of the Monaco weekend, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it was even then. It was it was an anticlimax, wasn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, when Charles binned it, it kind of ruined it. Yeah. Can you imagine Leclerc finished that lap and, I don't know, even if he hadn't improved, still got pole? That would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that would have been that would have been a lot better. But yeah, like Max, Ferrari pole in ages, but... Max was almost two tenths up on the entrance to the tunnel. So, mm. that yeah, yeah, big, big ouch from that perspective. But then again, you you listen to all the team radios, and it seemed like every man and his dog thought he'd have put it on pole. Yeah, so... yeah like the top four all thought they would have put it on pole. Yeah, but, and Lewis as well. Yeah, I mean, then, I suppose this sort know. of this brings out the. Um, the sort of the pro side of having the the ease of red flags is that Lewis and Checo, who didn't nail it on their first run, then got put severely on the back foot yeah. by starting seventh and ninth respectively. So I mean, because there, if you brought out the red flags and everyone gets to go, maybe that brings it more in line with the predicted hamver bot of every weekend. But I still think that this was a sort of exceptional circumstance and a rule like that would still benefit it yeah because you'd actually get because because even then even if you restart the session there's still no guarantee that they're going to set a good lap time true yeah so it's it still leaves the it, it will yeah it'll leave the onus on the driver to actually deliver not can he get a lap before someone bins it so. The problem is, say, like with like the three minutes thing, if it's like a street circle like Monaco, it, most likely everyone would try and go out for that last three minutes. So you'd have 10 cars on the circuit, so they're going out relatively the same time. So there'd be quite a bit of traffic. I mean, so they, they kind of do that anyway, to be honest. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you could imagine that at Monza, though. Well, yeah, but they literally do that anyway. They, they just follow each other out. They just do a Hulkenberg again and go through. Well, they didn't so even, like the, they didn't even make the they didn't even make the checkered flag last time. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, that was hilarious. But mm. I mean, yeah, I think Monza is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of Monaco in terms of qualifying sessions. Um, but yeah, we've we've got that to look forward to in I want to say September. September, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 13th. Oh, yeah, well, 12th is the race. 12th, yeah. Race, race. <laughs> I was going to say race weekend. But... Um, right, so anything else from qualifying? Oh, Alonso out in Q1. Yeah. Yes. For, a, for a two-time winner at Monaco, that's... Two-time winner with all the rookies of Monaco. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Be another one of those races where, apart from science... The new drivers, well, and Vettel actually, to be fair, in the race. So maybe not everyone this time, but all the sort of most of the new drivers to teams struggled, possibly, yeah. unless I'm missing it. Anyone else? And then that's kind of not really the case because uh, so like so half of them. But yeah. obviously Ricardo Alonso. I mean, I mean, Carlos. Them. Carlos has done a solid, really. Yeah, um, he's the exception because he's actually finished. <laughs> well, he's actually yeah. started the race. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Perez was down all weekend um I mean Ocon qualified 11th so there was definitely pace in the car he was oh, he was less than eight one hundredths of a second off getting into Q3 so mm. well it was one of those races wasn't it where because obviously this is why Mercedes struggled where the tyre warm-up 
was not great and it took them and that's why the Ferrari did well yeah I think come on to this when we talk about Mercedes interesting strategy in the Mm. race but it was one of those races where you know they needed to do cycle laps didn't they yeah in in qualifying I mean I I tend to do that on the game to be honest Speaking yeah, of just right. like just gonna go on to like a Q3 again. Antonio Giovinazzi getting into Q3 for the first time and getting yeah. points as well. That was first, really first, good. First good Alfa Romeo points. That's yeah. good. And, um, yeah. That was really good from him. Just to let him know because I feel like everyone was seeing from like Charles and everything. No one really talked about Antonio getting into Q3, which is great for the Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Mm. Well, he was really close to Ocon in the race for ages, wasn't he? Like that was the yeah. closest. Obviously, yeah. it was never going to result in an overtake. Yeah, it seems well. The flexi wing cars all did very well. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's uh... it that way. So it was Red Bull, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's something else we'll come on to. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll cover that as it develops. We're still yeah. waiting for the uh, official complaint to be made, and therefore the FIA mandate to be enforced uh, mm. or not, as the case may be. Um, but yeah, there's there's some questions. Some questions have arisen over the legality of the rear wings of certain cars on the grid. Um, yeah, the annual big controversy. Yeah, but this time it's come from Mercedes, which is ironic yeah. because normally they they have a go at Red Bull for constantly calling them out. And there's, there's a lot of Uno reverse cards going around this weekend. Yeah, I think the biggest one of all was Christian Horner saying that Toto Wolf Mercedes like to was it stick their nose in other people's business. That was... Um... <laughs> Then you have Christian Yes. Then you have Christian Horner. Yeah, Christian Horner, I mean, the gossip he... girl on Drive to Survive. <laughs> In every it, single episode, had something to say. He, he loves it. He, oh, yeah. he plays up to the camera so much. Is, oh yeah, it's like there's two dualities to that team. Christian Horner loves the camera, and the whole thing. Max hates Netflix, anything to do with Drive to Survive. So it's like, oh. <laughs> Even even though I support Hamilton, I like honestly don't mind Christian Horner because I know he's just he's such a wind up merchant. <laughs> All these comments about what Hamilton Hamilton Verstappen like said to each said about each other, like you know the pressure and there's just nothing in it. But he's just stirring the pot, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all he ever does. But at, at the end of the day, he does that and it works to yeah. some extent. So mm. I mean, it doesn't work all the time. Nothing ever does really, but. Um, Still, he's had some results go his way, um, and some not in the case of Das. <laughs> uh, back to qualifying. I mean, I would say it was noteworthy, but at this point, I'm just kind of getting used to it. George Russell, Q2 again. Uh, he's, he's, he's just, I feel like he's at home in Q2 now. That'd be a oh, shock yeah. if he went out in Q1 now. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Yuki Sonoda out in Q1, but Monaco rookie. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, he's been struggling think, as well. Yeah, I think a lot of, we all like overhyped. No offense to Yuki at all, but I think we all overhyped him in Bahrain because, like, obviously he'd been to that track a lot, like, and tested there for three days straight. So I think we all maybe overhyped him a little bit. So now he's struggling. We're all thinking, oh, what's happened? Like, but like he was not this doesn't mean in a bad way, but like he was always like that because he's a rookie but he just had loads of testing in Bahrain so like, of course he was going to be good there so like yeah yeah somewhere that you've droned around eight hours a lap's worth you, you're yeah. going to be more dialed in than somewhere you've just dropped in and done two hours so yeah 
Um, I mean, Lance Stroll P13, Danny Rick P12, compared to their teammates, Seb dropping it in P8 and Lando in P5. That's, uh, I kind of want to say both of them have underperformed this weekend. Stroll, Stroll wasn't so bad. I mean, obviously, especially when it comes to the race, you know, the gaps can get like exaggerated, can't they? By if someone gets stuck in traffic. Yeah. But like Hamilton has, didn't have a great race, but almost got lapped. I don't think that was representative. And obviously, Ricardo got lapped by Norris. I don't think, even though as much as he struggled, probably yeah. not. Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton was the last car to finish on the lead lap. Yeah, but I'd rather Ricardo. Everyone, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's clearly, a good weekend. I mean, it's it's hard from the outside to pinpoint, you know, where the problem is, but it's just obviously some kind of lack of understanding of the car. Mm. Still early days of Monaco when things aren't going quite right with the car can really result in a disaster, and I think we've seen that. But I think we saw in Spain that it is coming. It. You know. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I saw on Twitter somewhere that he's had to adapt his braking style to basically be a bit more like Lando's because obviously Lando's been in the car for three years, so Daniel's had to change his braking style a bit more towards that because the Mercedes engine is not the same as a Renault engine, and he's never had a Mercedes engine in the hybrid era. Oh anything other than the Renault so he's definitely had to change his driving style a lot to adapt to it I think that's where he's struggling a little bit is just getting up to speed with that new driving style really see because I heard the exact opposite pretty much oh um <laughs> Ted Ted mentioned it on on Sky F1 um that he's pretty much there with the braking and his his adaption to the car it's on traction that he's losing the time so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old that tweet was. Like, <laughs> that's fair enough. No, I, yeah. I, it's just something I remember hearing from because yeah. they were discussing why Ricardo was like a second behind Norris in a practice session. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a was, lot of factors, not yeah. just braking and traction. Like, I mean, yeah, it's drivability yeah. of the car and yeah. how it handles under certain loads and whatever. But he just had to adapt to change his driving style, really. Yeah. Um. I mean, the only other point is that Ferrari on pole, hooray, question mark. I mean, we actually, I think we kind of underplayed how much of a shock that was, because obviously through practice, they'd been so quick. But yeah, again, this is, I think I always go back to Turkey as the big example of the tyre, like when there's some kind of issue with heating up the tyres or some big factor, it really these days seems to flip the pecking order so much, isn't it? I, I mean, I guess... Back in the days, Mercedes or Red Bull used to be so dominant that these things didn't make a difference. But you see, like sometimes, it always seems to happen once or twice a year to Mercedes, doesn't it? Where yeah. they, for whatever reason, just can't get their cars to work at a specific track. And yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing a Ferrari on pole again for <laughs> quite a while, unfortunately. But yeah. I, 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 My gut instinct is that the next time we'll see it will be Singapore. Yeah. Possibly. Um, it's it's a it seems to be a, a trait of the Ferraris of recent years is that they it doesn't help them in the race because they heat up their tires too quickly, um, and it gets it means that they have to be very careful not to lift them out of the 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 ideal operating window. But in terms of a track like Monaco, where it's difficult to get the heat in the tires, it works perfectly for them yeah. because 
they've got the heat after just a single push lap where we saw Hamilton had to do two. So, well, yeah, uh, well two warm-up laps before he did a push. Yeah, that's so. the thing. I mean, because Mercedes made a conscious decision to make their tyres so more durable in the race, like we saw in Spain, obviously. And they know that that, may, that maybe might hinder them at the odd race or two. But over the course of a season, I think we will see that you know yeah. benefit them more often than not. Yeah, I mean, you go to somewhere like Spa, you definitely want to make as few pit stops as possible, really. Mm. Like the, the pit delta at Monaco, they said it's like one of the shortest of the season. You lose like 20 seconds for going in the pits. Um, somewhere, I think what Silverstone has the longest, doesn't it? That's like, yeah. Yeah, like 30, 30, yeah. 30 something seconds. So mm. that's that's why, that's that's what I find quite interesting is how how that, that small change in time because in, in reality that's only like 10 15 seconds but that 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 time is enough for teams to consider changing from a two to a one stop oh yeah so i mean a, a circuit like monaco it's always going to be a one stop we saw that on the <laughs> the aws graphics which was ridiculous <laughs> because they said that the softs would go you'd go longer on the softs if you were going onto the mediums and then it would be fine and if you went onto the hards, you do it like two laps earlier, and it's like, what's the point? So I, I don't know. It was, it's it's just Monaco things, I suppose. The, the AWF <laughs> graphics always remind me of that advert of the little girl just going like, "How can you tell when they're going to overtake? You can't." The AWF graphic, AWF graphics, <laughs> they can't. It, it's just like, how can you tell the food here? <laughs> I literally just looked at my phone. How do you think? So, I don't know. I, I don't. I really find that advert quite annoying, to be honest, yeah. just because it's so obnoxiously annoying. It's just like, how can you tell? She's she's got her phone in her hand, kiddo. <laughs> how are you that daft? <laughs> the thing, like, with the the train and the paying with oh, for God. like the phone, I can and understand he those. His phone at it. Yeah, like the train, I can understand, but everything else, like. It's simple. <laughs> Look at the phone. You, you don't ask where the Amazon package is. <laughs> that's on my phone and all. Oh god, no. That's uh, that's that's just Sky Sports F1 UK oh, it's issues. Even, it's even worse than the um the whole of last year we had the Alfa Romeo, Stelvio and Quadrifolio. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, but it meant you got to see Kimmy. <laughs> I, swear but every I don't care about I don't care about the Alfa Romeo Quadrifoglio Stelvio <laughs> car The fact that it was narrated like six... by Crofty as well Was it? <laughs> it was yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know as I was too yeah. annoyed I'm sure every team has one of those adverts now though because there's an Alpine one isn't there Rock Yeah and There's a Aston Martin, Martin one Martin What's he say? What was it Vettel says? Oh, oh, I, I can't. I, tune out, so I just <laughs> zone out so quickly. I just got my phone during yeah. And then there's always oh, the God. Petronas one. Massive. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. So oh. <laughs> my brother came in. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me because I just saw his head above my seat. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, back to racing. <laughs> um, I mean, we can, we can we leave move on in. to the race, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think that was it for qualifying, to be honest. Are we leaving our wager adverts in? I, I, I think yeah. we can probably cover that another week. 
I think by the end of the season, we'll have a lot more adverts oh, to be fed up of. Make a list of all of them and just note every single imperfection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the race. Uh, obviously, Charles didn't start because his left rear drive shaft was broken, not his gearbox. Uh, and Ferrari have come out and said that they're updating their procedures in in hindsight of that incident because it's not a part that would normally get checked on a on a crash on the opposite side of the car. So they're they're overhauling their crash checks uh, to now include the opposite side of the car, <laughs> uh, which was kind of ironic because everyone was worried about whether the gearbox was going to be okay or not, but the gearbox wasn't the issue. It was a completely unrelated part of the drive shaft. They have come out and said that it was probably related to the crash. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Um, but it was the fact that it wasn't the gearbox was actually fine. Uh, it was a drive shaft that broke instead. I mean, that's absolutely prime Ferrari of the last two or three years, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All this stuff, like Benotto said about, oh no, it's going to be fine. I mean, it's just like you know that. The clown, clown show Ferrari meme where they're all sat on the pit wall. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was one of the things going round after Charles had binned it into the wall in qualifying. It was like, oh, it's the great Ferrari master plan. Yeah, he's gonna be his car's gonna be fine. He's gonna start on pole. He's gonna win, and it's all gonna it's all gonna work out beautifully. And did did no. you see um, Nico Rosberg's tweet where he said, "I think uh, Charles gonna win." Wow, thanks, Nico. You really, really no. took it there, Nico. Man had to really oh. do that, didn't he? Oh god. Oh. And I think that played a large part in the race being as boring as it was. Yes, the fact um, that hometown hero literally couldn't start from pole. He in... really doesn't have a great track record in Monaco. Literally, yeah. two DNFs and a DNS. Yeah, yeah. Do um, you reckon he would have won? I think it would have been very different because he was definitely going to be slower than Verstappen in terms of race pace. So it would then have, so they wouldn't have then had that uh, gap to the, the rest of the field as they did, um, which would have made it more of a strategy-based pit stop window than, oh, we've gone long enough, we now have enough of a gap, pit. Um, so, I don't know, I feel like, it would probably have been a very similar race because it's Monaco and it's very processional, but at the same time, it would have been that much more tense because Charles was out the front and you kind of want to see him win at his home Grand Prix. So, I don't know. It's tough. Him maybe getting overcut by Verstappen. You know, he would have pitted to... Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think Ferrari would have been too stubborn yeah, then the whole tyre warm-up issue. Yeah. That's the thing. We had Mercedes were struggling with their tyres before Red Bull were. We had Bottas yeah. complaining about it over the radio. Uh, I think it was front left blistering and the rears were going. So, yeah. Um, doesn't bode well for other sort of circuits like that, but we don't have a lot of those yeah, on the thankfully. calendar. So. Um. Then <laughs> the grand total of 12 minutes later, uh, Nikita Mazepin managed to get a black and white flag for track limits at turn 10, <laughs> which I think is potentially one of the fastest sets of black and white flags we've seen. Um, um, half of the uh, warnings for the black and white flags 
uh, well, half the warnings for the track limits at turn 10 was a Haas car. So, <laughs> interesting, but not surprising. Um, not that we saw any of them. No. Yeah. Any I, th- of the I think we saw one in the background of a shot once. And not, that, when, that never saw any of them, when Norris was doing it. No, yeah, he only did it twice. Yeah. See, yeah. see, that's the thing. On the document, his name only appears once. Whereas everyone else has a... Oh, no, there it is. I'm, I'm being blind. Okay, so Norris got his black and white flag, his second offence, uh, 25 minutes into the race. So it was still pretty early on in the race, to be honest. And I was... When that came up, I was quite worried because there was still a long way to go in the race. And it's, I mean, you just have to lock up to then send it long into the chicane to then potentially accrue a five-second penalty. And that would have put him behind Perez. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was that was a nervous one. But thankfully, we don't have many track limits to turn about, uh, to, turn about to talk about because there was only one turn that had it because everywhere else had a wall. <laughs> which is beautiful because that really means that I mean well you'll know if you're not on the track at that point <laughs> well I mean that was another problem no well not really a problem is it but no one hit the wall in the race yeah we didn't have a single have a yellow flag. flag yeah I mean which I that was seen. that's the issue with this whole tyre management they were going so slowly like particularly at the start that no one even touched the wall well I mean we all know about Stroll bouncing over a curb because we... Uh, yeah, right. we all saw it. Yeah. Plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. if, if you weren't, like, throwing something at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was quite amusing in the, uh, in the Discord pool because there's uh, various stages of delay. <laughs> so I think it was people in, like, the Netherlands and uh, Austria were about a minute ahead of me, and then there was, like, a couple of people 30 seconds behind me and a few seconds people in between and it's just like oh, oh, oh what, what's going on and then somebody be like what well, what happened and they're like well i don't know yeah. <laughs> i thought they were going to crash as well yeah but, i honestly thought i mean crofty's yeah, come quite together. Funny, to be fair yeah bear, bear in mind this is crofty the king of you know mis- misinterpreting who's who things like that <laughs> even he was fuming yeah uh, i mean i think all of the all of the um commentary folks because even i think dc on channel four he was fuming um apparently people on like um some european channels they went in on the uh, on the race directors uh we should specify uh monaco has its own tv director uh this is not covered by the normal formula one broadcast team uh because of some historic agreement so this should be a one-off in terms of how bad the coverage was in cutting away from action at the key moment of the race. um, I don't know if you remember when Hamilton and Bottas were fighting at Silverstone a couple of years ago. Yes, they came round. And then they cut to the crowd as they were side by side. And I was, obviously, I I was there as well. So I didn't have a clue what was going on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was, uh, what's what's the corner before Cops? Uh, Luffield. Luffield, yeah. Yeah, they were on the way around Luffield and they were side by side, cut to crowd. What? Cut back, just about to dive into, just in time to see Bottas dive up the inside of Cops, which was still a fantastic move. 
but <laughs> why would you cut at that exact moment <laughs> that uh, yeah i don't know i think they've they've gotten better since then but this weekend obviously the monica people joke. haven't yeah <laughs> but at least now stroll's got a meme about him that isn't about his dad was money true uh it has become a very rapid fire meme i've seen clips of the baku incident between the two red bull cars uh i mean i personally made one from the 2008 brazil grand prix because i thought that was hilarious i've seen some people do it on football uh, oh have seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah i've seen um Qu- team quadrant do it uh they were, oh yeah our new streamer yeah. cut to lunch stall is like uh, <laughs> yeah um, everyone was so confused i love it yeah, apparently yeah. Oh, for his pole yeah. position as well at Turkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> him with him. <laughs> uh, apparently, FOM have uh, started trying to like clamp down on it because they, they're really embarrassed by the whole situation. But uh, I saw a couple of people posted the actual video of like the actual overtake, not the stroll edit, yeah. the sh- overtake. Well, and if you watch it, the think... highlight video on YouTube, it's, it's there. Yeah, apart- on Twitter, it got copyrighted. Like one, definitely on one person's tweet. I don't know if there is still is now, but the actual footage of the actual overtake got copyrighted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just check my tweet. Oh, yeah, everything see if that's been <laughs> taken down yet. Yeah. Every everything is copyrighted on Twitter now. That I see. We're it's still good. Getting banned. We're still good. <laughs> my yeah, tweet seen, is still there. I've seen one Twitter account be banned like four times, but he mm. still keeps coming back. But then you can just be racist on Twitter, and they do nothing. Like, yeah, yeah all the true. Spanish fans. Yeah. Oh, did you see mm. that? Oh my god, that was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think bad. that's that's yeah. a topic for a, a, a for an episode time. of its own, to be honest, because that is a lot to unpack. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we've covered TV directorship, and ironically, that has cut in above where it should have been on my schedule. So let's go back and talk <laughs> about pit stops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a record for Mercedes for the longest ever pit stop a day. To be I don't think it's ever going to be beat. <laughs> it's, still going, it's, still it's going, going on as we speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now. It, well, we're, hopefully, as you hear the podcast, the tyre is off. Uh, if if in doubt, it's probably still on. We're still waiting on a Mercedes confirmation on this. You know, they um, said they have to wait until they're, they're they ship the car back to Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know when that happens. But well, it depends if they fly it out or if they ship it. Is Bottas just going to have to use that front right for the whole season? That soft tyre. He's, he's starting on softs at back. I can tell you that compound. for sure. <laughs> I like Silverstone or something where the tyres explode, even though they've got the hardest ones. <laughs> yeah, because he's stuck with a C5 now, isn't he? Oh, God. Exactly. Um, no, there was a, it was an interesting... Uh, I think F1 put out a TikTok and you could see the shards of the, the nut just get absolutely annihilated by the wheel gun. And then they pull the wheel gun off and it's just it's gone and it's kind of like well that's 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 ruined um which was unfortunate um i heard them say in the notebook afterwards that there was actually no guarantee that the same thing wasn't going to happen to lewis's car when he came in for the second stop so they took a risk on that pit stop oh yeah yeah i saw that as well they were like all oh, holding their breath we're like please no please no yeah <laughs> which it would have been very embarrassing for them to be honest oh, oh i mean oh, yeah bottas just can't seem to catch a break can he no he's either I've like seen... he's either not on the pace or has something outside of his control but this weekend he was taking it to hamilton 
and he was i mean yeah he was a he was three seconds behind verstappen but it's monaco you're still sort of in that pit stop window of you can make something work if you get the strategy right but yeah it's just when you think about it he's had Sakir last year with the George Russell wrong tyres malarkey mm. um, he had the slow pit stop in Bahrain this year where his front right got stuck-ish on the car um, you've had this weekend you've had uh, Nürburgring last year where his engine just gave up wasn't there something to do with the one of his tyres in Sakir again? Or was that... I know George had a puncture, but yeah. there was, uh, I was... swear something happened with Valtteri as well oh, the second the... time. I don't think it was that, but there was the debris in his car in Imola, wasn't there? Last yes, year when he had a half a Ferrari front wing stuck under his yeah. car. So, so yeah, was, I... When he had that puncture at Baku as well, with like three laps to go, he was winning. Yeah. That was... he, he just can't catch a break, can he? I mean, obviously, you know, you make your own luck, but yeah. it's, I mean, you can't knock Hamilton's consistency, you know, one DNF in like five years, but yeah, I mean, some of the things that happened to Bottas with that stat, bear, bear, bear in mind that stat. Yeah, Lewis has had like one DNF in 50-something races and Valtteri's had two that. in four. His last, his last DNF was like 2018, middle, middle the, of 2018. Yeah, since the Malaysia, yeah. since the Malaysia engine failure. He's had one dinner. I think he's failed to score once, apart from the COVID race. Yeah, it's yeah. mental. But to think that one driver has such amazing luck and the other one has such supremely bad luck. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know I rag on Bottas when he's not on the pace, but on a weekend like this where he was actually doing well and he was actually in with a chance of a decent P2, potentially P1 if strategy went their way, and then, yeah, just get out of the car, mate. The wheel's still on. <laughs> uh, I, I feel sorry for him, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I felt so bad watching yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was honestly painful to watch. Was, he just didn't even, he didn't even like shake his head in the car. It was like oh, the, the team radio clip that I heard afterwards. Yeah. He's just sat in the car. And obviously, you can hear the, the guy trying to use the wheel gun to get it off. Oh. And he just goes, <laughs> guys. Uh, and the, that's it it's just like it just leaves it at guys and then it just gets Ooh. this engineer like yeah sorry mate the, the wheel nuts machined itself on like, I saw um, pictures that he, he went to the FIA garage first before he went back to the team because he just couldn't he just couldn't face them yeah he's, like, he's, he threw his glove yeah. because he was angry and then went yeah. and took a breather in the FIA garage before going and seeing the team which I, uh, uh, fair enough he handled himself very well yeah, all things considered. Uh, that was probably the best thing he could have done and just like be by himself for a bit in the FIA garage yeah. and then confront the team because like it wasn't really anyone's fault. No. But... Well, we don't know that really. No. Um that that's still to be determined. Because if someone put a wheel nut on the wrong way around, then that is someone's fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't but... really I don't know the intricacies of the wheel nuts, but as far as we know, right now we don't think it's anyone's fault. Yeah. Uh, the only the only other theory I heard um, was that the guy started up the wheel gun before it was actually on the wheel nut, oh, and yeah, that because sense. of that that torsional force, that's what blitzed it. So that would make sense, yeah. It, like, yeah, it makes sense in my head. Fast. Yeah, because yeah, those things go stupid then... speed and have an incredible amount of torque going through them. 
yeah, you're going quite fast, and as it's moving, going towards something solid, just like yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like that could be it, and if it is that, that is a bummer for that mechanic. Yeah, um, I'd feel bad if you did it. Like it wasn't the mechanic's fault. I'd just feel bad because like it's his tire, and then mm-hmm. he he's the reason he couldn't. They didn't yeah. get the points. But um, I'd feel bad for him. Another interesting point brought up in the notebook because Ted is like the highlight of the weekend. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> McLaren have a uh, a system in place for if that happens, mm. where if the machine if the if the wheel nut gets machined like that, you take a really great hammer, you whack it, the the whole wheel nut splits in two, and so long as the thread on the actual main system is still there you can put a new one on and go yeah but mercedes he, don't have that yeah i think he said most teams do have it but i'm guessing yeah, he, mercedes he do as sure. well he wasn't but like, sure but yeah. he knows mercedes don't yeah and he knows mclaren do yeah. so yeah. i imagine most teams do have it it's just mercedes the seven time world champions for some reason don't have it yeah well they've never needed it <laughs> I well, think I feel I feel like we may see that development come at some stage. Sure. Um, in terms of pit stops, though, Vettel doing a nice little overcut on Hamilton and Gasly, much to Hamilton's audible displeasure. Mm. Um, he did not keep his thoughts to himself this weekend. It really was not happy this weekend. No. Um, yeah. Strategy, but. To be fair, the Aston Martin strategists have done bits because Stroll got up into the points and Vettel finished P5. So Aston Martin have had a fantastic weekend for them. Um, And to be honest, given how their qualifying went, I don't think their race could have gone any better. I mean, you could see in the second stint, when everyone started actually, you know, trying. <laughs> yeah. Vettel was, Vettel ended up sort of, what, 25 seconds behind uh, Perez and Norris, didn't he? So you could see the outright pace probably wasn't there. So it yeah, but Perez definitely pitted later than Vettel. So yeah. there's a I mean, Norris, question there. Yeah. yeah even, <laughs> bearing in mind that's to a, you know, top midfield car, which yeah. is where they want to be fighting. Yeah, that's sort of their benchmark at the minute, isn't it? So... Um, who else did a blind? Well, Perez, Red Bull. The, the 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 next Uno reverse card that's being played is that Red Bull have played the Uno reverse card on the Mercedes strategists and said, we're going to have the good one this week because they, they bumped Perez up from, well, I suppose P8, once you take into account Charles' DNS, to P4, just through pit stop strategy, which at Monaco is huge. So but when he was on, when he got three, he started doing like one fourteens, didn't he? And that was like two seconds quicker than the rest of them. Yeah, he was. He was catching at the end of the race. He was catching Lando one to one and a half seconds a lap. Yeah, which was really worrying as a Lando fan. <laughs> I wasn't that worried to be honest. <laughs> he could have been uh, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, part of me was like, "Oh my god, he's closing in." The other part of me was like, "It's Monaco. He's yeah. never going to get past." Yeah, I, I was thinking, like, like half of it was like, "Oh, he's going to pass. He's going to pass." And there's like the other half is like, "It's Monaco. Nothing's going to happen." <laughs> try, try and remember the last overtake you saw at Monaco. When was it? <gasps> 
two years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was it was one of those ones where it's just you see him closing in, you think, oh god, it's going to happen. But then it's like it's Monaco. But then it's also it's Monaco. Someone could very easily make a mistake. Yeah, just your instinct from usual track. You think, oh no, he's going to overtake. DRS never range. mind. It is. Uh. <laughs> never mind. It is Monaco. Yeah. Um, who else pulled a blinder on strategy? Um, I mean, Joe Venazzi still finished 10th. Yeah. So, I mean, first points for Alfa Romeo. Decent weekend for them. Um, Kimi in 11th as well. Fended off Daniel Ricciardo for most of the race. So, I mean, again, it's Monaco. So that's probably played to his advantage there. But if you're not, if you're not there, you're not going to take the opportunity, are you? So, um, other than that, it was kind of pretty run of the mill. Um, I find it funny though that everyone from third, well, uh, from eighth down to sixteenth, so that's everyone. That's Lance Stroll down to Yuki Tsunoda finished one lap behind, but then the two Haas cars finished three laps behind, which is just. I mean, that's ridiculously slow at this point. Mm. Like, if even the Williams are only finishing one lap down and ahead of another car, like, because Yuki Tsunoda was last out of the, the rest of the teams. So, I don't know. In all fairness to Mick, he did have engine problems. And then they're just, yeah. Cardinal Manon is just slow. Yeah. I, but to be honest, I still wouldn't see them getting any further up than where they were yeah um like you look at who's who's ahead of them you've got uh latifi george russell alonso you're not getting past them at most circuits let alone monaco so i don't know i feel like that was a a very has weekend for them um i feel that's going to be the the trend of their year to be honest um what else have we got? TV director, Pacheco, Lance Stroll's meme. Uh, podium. What a podium it was, too. Um, Max Verstappen's first podium in Monaco, and he gets a P1. So that's, that's yeah, that's good for, well, for him and the championship runnings. Um, didn't get fastest lap. I believe Lewis got that. Yeah, Lewis got yeah. that. Um, because he had enough of a gap back to Lance that he could make a free pit stop towards the end, uh, but then almost got lapped, <laughs> which would have been really awkward. <laughs> uh, if you're, could have backed him up the fastest lap. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Um, but I mean, yeah, the ultimate meme team on the podium, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. A I mean, lot of yeah. people were happy Carl Ando on the yeah, podium. Yeah. Yeah. I was I hoping mean, it happened when they were both at McLa- when Carlos was at McLaren, but I'm kind of happy it happened now. Yeah, Monza. I yeah. Mean, uh, if Lance hadn't changed his tyres in the red flag in Monza, I think we would have had a Carl Ando podium. We would have done, yeah. Yeah. Which is very sad, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, still, uh, that because of Bottas's bad luck and Lando's third place that bumps him back up into third in the championship so he's he's flying high at the minute um so nine points above valtteri mm. 
I think we, we kind of need to mention Perez because as, as much as he had a very bad first run in Q3, he still had decent race pace and he had enough race pace to make the Red Bull pit strategy work to leapfrog the three cars in front of him. I, I feel like he's actually had a good weekend. I feel like he yeah. can take a lot of positives from this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always the from... same thing in the qualifying pace. Just leaves him too far back to be at the front, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we watched the quali- his first qualifying run and even like Brondel at the time was like, oh, that's not good. He's taking too much curve there. And you could just tell it was, it was a messy lap. So I feel like he definitely would have got higher than ninth had he got the second run in. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he would have got much higher than maybe I don't know sixth on the grid. So yeah, I see that. But still, a good drive from Checo. He can take that forward into Baku, which is somewhere he he's quite familiar with. I believe he got on the podium in Baku. He's yeah, or Senia. Yeah, but he's done it twice. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's got fond memories there. So hopefully he can use that to his advantage. Um, that and there's a lot of straights so there's not really much you need to worry about with the setup <laughs> um yes uh so this leads us on to the championship because for the first time since 2018 i think mm. mercedes do not lead the constructors championship i thought it was 2013 i swear one of the commentators said it was 2013 last time red bull that was last time. Oh, that was last time Red Bull led, oh, Red but Bull. Ferrari oh. has been on top. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I forgot Ferrari existed, <laughs> <laughs> and they were good. I forgot. There's a lot of that going point. around today. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've we've got Red Bull now at the top of the constructors' championships. I mean, admittedly, it's by a point, and it's still very close. It's still at the top. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's what counts. It's the finishing position, not the points difference. Um, and equally, Lewis Hamilton has slipped from the top step since what? Since Nico Rosberg retired, probably. I think Vettel. Vettel, yeah. I think it's the same race actually that uh, they were last on top of from that. Yeah. Germany, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Oh, what when Vettel binned it? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So. Max now has a four-point lead in the championship. But again, there's a long way to go yet. Um, obviously, we're still waiting. Yeah, Max is leading the championship for the first time. So that's yes. Good. Yeah, first, first time, time in any category, apparently. Yeah, because yeah, he, he <laughs> didn't swear... spend long in F3 and he got yeah. bumped straight yeah. into F1. I swear so... he led in like F3, but then like... He didn't lead the championship. F... Didn't he? Oh, no. I thought... I thought I read um, he led for a bit and then Esteban overtook him. I think that's what I read, but obviously it was wrong. Apparently not. Apparently the last <laughs> time he led a championship was in karting. So. Yeah. Still, he's he's at, he's proven he's got the skills, so I don't think that was ever in doubt, to be honest. Um, One of the only times Red Bull was completely valid on bumping up a driver too quickly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the problem was they then made a habit of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it's the longest season. We still haven't actually had official confirmation that every race is going to go ahead. There's still question marks over Brazil. Uh, we still haven't had circuit homologation from Saudi Arabia. So, 
I mean, it can make a big difference when you don't know how many races you're going to have to be on top at that point. So, mm. but still, yeah. long way to go yet. <laughs> Got another one. Uh, one guarantee is we are all every single time Mercedes have you know this this bad race they have a couple of every year. Hamilton always Lewis Hamilton always wins the next race, doesn't he? They always come back so strong every, every single time. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if he goes on a bit of a run now, to be honest. But um, yeah, like you said, it's it's absolutely all to play for now. I really, I mean, unless this flexi wing stuff costs you know Red Bull and whoever else yeah. a few tenths a lap at every single track then it might be a bit of a procession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think they'll find other ways to find that time if they do lose any time. Um, but yeah, I th- I'm, I'm glad that it's actually close this season at the top and it's not close between two drivers of the same team because it's been it's always just been, you know, Lewis Spaltery. And occasionally Max leapfrogs him into second for a little bit and then has another DNF because his engine blew up or something. Um, starting to heat up off the track as well because we talked about the trash talk Horner staring in the pot yeah I, <laughs> I just I don't could think be there's a, a lot point. in it I think there could be a flash I mean the number of times they've battled this season surely as good as they both are there has to be you know you remember you remember 2017 when Hamilton and Vettel there was all this respect between them wasn't there and then Baku happened where Vettel crashed for more purpose yeah and then got a nice 10 yeah. second drive through penalty. I still think he should have been disqualified and or banned for that, but that's for another day. Yeah, uh, yeah, controversies, I think. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll yeah. cover that in that episode. Yeah, but um, um, we didn't we didn't mention the Mercedes strategy by the way, did we? For Hamilton, I, uh, ooh, which I need to get off my chest, like a flaming a... bag of dog poo, because I think that's I mean, probably the best description. I just it. I couldn't understand it because, well, first of all, the tie warm up was so bad that. You were always going to lose time on the first lap out of the pits. Yeah, and also like the F two race. I mean, we'll come on to it, but they were seconds off the pace when they in like the first couple of laps at the pits. And also, it's, it's... what baffled me was the only even if the undercut worked, they were only going to get Gasly, so they yeah. might as well have gone long and used the yeah. pace because they've been saving the tires. And the one thing that really baffled me was he was right in Verstappen's pit window, like so. Uh, what they could have done is made, I don't know, obviously Bottas his pit stop messed up, didn't it? But I, I just don't understand why they didn't keep him out and force Verstappen to come back behind him. And then yeah, it's, him out. It's, it's a track that historically uh, the overcut has worked very well on. So mm-hmm. it did catch me by surprise that Hamilton was the first to pit of anyone. So... Yeah, it was a weird one for Mercedes this week. Um, for for a team that's normally on it, they were very much not. Um, so yeah, they they really dropped the ball this weekend. So I mean, it's very unlike them, and I don't see them doing it again in the very near future. I mean, we've we've seen them make the odd strategy mess up mess up in the past, but. Equally, we've seen them pull out some strategic masterstrokes. Hungary 2019, Spain last time out. You know, it's, they, they have it in them. They just didn't do it this weekend. Um, but what, what I find 
uh, ironic slash infuriating is uh, Hamilton's attitude uh, during and after the race. Um, so poor old Pete Bonington had the lovely job of telling him that he'd lost not only the position to Vettel, but then the position to, to Perez later in the race, uh, which he wasn't best pleased about. I mean, yeah, understandably, not great. But at the same time, your, your previous statements of, you know, we win together, we lose together, we do this as a team, to then suddenly turn around and start pointing all your fingers at it's the team's fault. Uh, it doesn't fly well with me. Um, especially his post-race radio, where Pete said it was a bit of a uh, uh, weekend. Um, and then Lewis responded with silence. I mean, <clears throat> uh, the Hamilton fan in me is going to come out here. I'll try and keep it impartial, but mm. yeah, I, I understand your point, but... Um... It's, it's, well, it's the classic thing, like people say, if you mic up a footballer, for example, you know, imagine some of the things you'd hear. I mean, yeah. days, he's fighting for a championship and you hear, it's not only, you know, you hear Max sometimes gets annoyed, doesn't he? Or yeah. even, well, you know, you can say Kimmy Bryken's attitude is rude to people. If you <laughs> make that point I mean, that's me. Kimmy, but I think he's the yeah, exception. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like you could, there's, there's always been sort of this double standards Towards Lewis, isn't there? Yeah, you know, because I mean... he, he wins a lot. But I mean, you could, I feel like, you know, Vettel obviously, he had this, that period of where he would shout a lot on the radio, didn't he? Yeah. You know, Charlie Whiting, that, that Mexico yeah. one, for example. But I think it's, you know, I think even, even if he's annoyed in the moment, you know, because there was the last Monaco race, wasn't there? He was constantly on the radio about his tyres. Yeah. Um... He always, he, he always comes back and reflects. And, you know, he, he said after qualifying, he had a good debrief with the team. Yeah, I'd, that's... Imagine that was, I'd imagine that was the same after the race as well. After the 2019 race, even though he'd been berating his team on the radio, at the end, he went out and thanked the team. And at this one, it's kind of like, you're a seven-time world champion. Yes, you're in a fight for the constructors, but it's equally a long season. So chill out with like one race that doesn't go badly. Because yeah, you've got so a Mercedes he... engine, which is historically, in recent years at least, the most reliable and max had like at least three dnfs last year so just take a chill pill and wait for him to dnf because it's going to happen at some point laws yeah. of probability and all that it's only race five the championships for both aren't decided there's yeah 18 more races? Am I right? Yeah. Is my math right? Yeah, I can yeah. do math. <laughs> yeah, there's 18 more races. You're most you're most likely gonna win the next race or at least come on the podium next race. Chill. Like I understand where he's coming from, but also the fact he basically blamed the team. And I think it was a interview with Ziggo Sport for the Netherlands. He was they asked him like, do you have any did was there any mistakes that you did or the team did? He went, I made no mistakes. It was all the team. I was like, mm. so, so much for together we rise. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's just the thing is though, he's he's just a winner. He's he's a winner, isn't he? You know, he's a champion. Yeah. He expects yeah. to be winning. It's the Monaco Grand Prix. 
and he's stuck behind an alpha tower, which is at the same time can't do anything about. And it's yeah, I mean, it's it's the thing like like I was saying, if you you see it with tennis players, sometimes they lose the plot, don't they? You know, Serena Williams. Yeah, but so tennis players only have themselves to be mad at. Yeah. But, well, obviously, footballers is footballers, the last one, isn't it? Shout yeah. out to the referees. Yeah, so, I, the, the, that's one thing I don't really like about. Uh, I think the best example I could probably give is Cristiano Ronaldo. You, yeah. you see it like every time the ball doesn't go to him, he basically throws a strop. Mm. And as much as he does really good charity work off the football pitch, I don't like his attitude on it. I don't care how much of a serial goal scorer he is or if he's the goat, he's not, it's messy, or whatever. Um, his attitude is, it speaks so much louder when you can see him have a strop or not even celebrate when his teammate scores. It's, yeah, it's one of those things that just because you're part of a team does not mean you blame the team when things go wrong. You are in this as a team. You win together, you lose together, you have good weekends together, you have mediocre weekends together, and you have weekends together. That is a team sport. Because at the end of the day, he finished seventh. He finished. Bottas was already stuck in the bloody paddock doing post-race interviews while they were still trundling around. So I don't think especially considering Bottas retired and handled it much better than Lewis did, that Lewis has really any right to be that <laughs> over the radio. Yeah, no, I see your point, like, specifically about Monaco. But, yeah, I, I guess it goes on to the wider, you know, the way Lewis is perceived. He does so much good, doesn't he, off the track as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, get, I don't have you know, a problem with him as yeah. a whole. It's just his his attitude during that particular race mm. did not sit well with me. I don't yeah. care if he keeps crying out, Bono, my tyres are dead. <laughs> Couldn't care less. It's literally the boy that cried wolf at this point. But when you're not at the front and you're not having a good race weekend, you don't instantly pin it on the team and go, this is your fault. You've ruined this. I hate you. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean, but the just... My point of the the general double standards is say say that was Max for example I don't yeah. think there would be such a fuss but then that obviously comes with you know, Hamilton's just a, he's a titan isn't he of, I feel like sport. Max complains more yeah absolutely so it's less less of a, a contrast to his usual yeah because think... all we hear Lewis really complain about is uh, someone forcing him off the track tires being dead or blue flags it's just the thing isn't it I mean. If you win all the time, you get the criticism. It was the same with Vettel, wasn't it? Same yeah. with Schumacher. But well, yeah, obviously, it just that's the point about the double standards of Hamilton. I mean, there's some of the thing. Obviously, you know, Twitter is just a snapshot of. Oh, Twitter is just. Think. But you see, you know, any any point about him, you see the replies. Oh, he doesn't pay his taxes, even though he does. He owns no, a that's yacht, like well, that's oh, all no, over. Sorry. That's all over, like Facebook. Yeah. He's all oh. like the racist old men are on Facebook, so they're yeah. all like, "He lives right. in Monaco. He doesn't pay his taxes." Shut yeah. up. Most of them live in Monaco. Right. Max yeah. lives in Monaco now. Charles lives in Monaco. Uh, Daniel Nico lives in Monaco. Lives in Monaco. Like say, lives... Oh, he's, not, he's not really British because he lives in Monaco. But Jensen Button, David Coulthard, Jackie Stewart. So what what so about on. all the British expats that live in Spain? Exactly. 
And, you know, there's the classic one, like, oh, he's campaigning for the environment when he owns a private jet. He doesn't own it anymore. It's like, I mean, it all of the teams the fly out but... on a chartered plane now because they fly out as a team bubble still. So he's not even on yeah. a private jet anymore anyway. There's the classic, you know, like, there's the bingo, isn't there, of what people criticise him for. You've probably seen that meme. And then in the middle, it's just, uh, I'm a racist, actually. <laughs> in the middle yeah yeah, yeah. i mean but, I, I prefer my my bingo card which is yeah. just um sky sports f1 commentary bingo yeah which is uh classic brundle and croftyisms of understeer like a shopping trolley and tires like a 50 pence piece i get like your favorite grandma yes that is on there <laughs> my favorite one from i think it was martin bundle who said i've never been that disappointed since shrek 2 yeah. <laughs> I which one. i think is harsh because shrek 2 is the best one that's the I one will, i've seen the i least. will die on that hill. that's the one i've seen the least but i i i know it's like one of the good ones shrek but... was good shrek 2 was great shrek 3 was awful yeah and it went downhill from there shrek 4 was all right I didn't see it. I just gave up after Shrek three. I vaguely remember Shrek one and four. I don't. I don't even remember. I know in Shrek even... two. He turns into a human and he goes back to ogre because of the potions or something. I don't know. Yeah, but just that's all I remember. Don't get me started on Shrek the horse. <laughs> oh god. We're not going to go there. Um, let's move on to. <laughs> let's get back to the... racing. Yes, yeah, so let's move back to Formula One instead of uh, yeah. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's move on to our, our predictions. We'll start with the, uh, the the comical one, shall we? Uh, we, we played Mazepin Bingo um, in case you last, missed it week. last week. Yeah. In case you missed it, we we all predicted uh, a whether he would finish or not. Uh, B what lap he would be lapped on for the first time, not including if he unlapped himself under a safety car uh, uh, under a, a pit stop, uh, and then finally how many laps down he'd finish in total. So. Uh, amazingly, two out of three right, saying that he would finish and he'd finish three laps down. Alex got both of those right, and he was joint closest on what lap he'd be lapped on, with Alex getting 21 and him actually getting lapped on 23. So I feel like that's yeah, a I mean, very solid effort on that front. It's better than most of my predictions. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that, I think bad. it's better than a lot of our predictions. <laughs> We've all had a diabolical weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Chris's not finishing bombs out on lap one did not <laughs> did not it come into happened. fruition there. It actually almost happened. Could have happened, the, yeah. Yeah, the Lowe's hairpin and incident could have ended in disaster. I thought when they cut away, they were going to come back to them both stuck, which would have just absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be Mix carried on and Mazapin's just in the barrier. <laughs> that would just be absolutely perfect for their season. Yeah, really Wait, was. we didn't talk about sport races. We we'll do, we'll do that after yeah. Formula One. So, <laughs> so I just thought about that because um, I was thinking of Dan Tictum just going straight into like the last corner, trying to get away from Oscar Piastri. Oh, that was pain. The last yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that, sorry. <laughs> um, what else we got? I mean, I said he would finish. I only said two laps down and I was slightly further away on 26. Nia was joint closest on 25 laps so there were two either side really uh and then and then ben you, you said he'd finish but you said lap 34 and then you said yeah. he'd finish four laps down which in fairness close almost happened <laughs> um oh god that we we also did 
we did our usual podium predictions. Um, Mason has has come away with it uh, on, on the best of us this weekend, claiming three points purely because he was the only one that said Verstappen was going to win. Uh, the rest of us all picked up one point because we simply had Verstappen on the podium. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was a very, very bad weekend. Um, even even the uh, social media predictions only got one point apiece. So and nobody got points for their their poll prediction because nobody had Charles. <laughs> so yeah, it's it was a great week to introduce Chris's new let's guess poll position for an extra point <laughs> because nobody got one. It really, <laughs> really went well. Uh, right, let's give. Formula One, the uh, this round of recap. Uh, so obviously we've got a uh, we'll go through race classification and then we'll do the constructor standings, uh, the drivers and constructor standings. So uh, Charles Leclerc did not start. Valtteri Bottas DNF after twenty nine laps. Uh, then you have Mick Schumacher in eighteenth, uh, Nikita Mazepin seventeenth, Yuki Tsunoda sixteenth, fifteenth Nicholas Latifi fourteenth George Russell thirteenth Alonso. 12th, Danny Ricardo, 11th, Kimi Raikkonen, 10th and scoring the first point of his campaign and Alfa Romeo's campaign, Antonio Giovinazzi, 9th and scoring another two points, which we kind of glossed over, to be honest. Um, Esteban Ocon, 8th uh, and scoring four points is Lance Stroll. 7th is Lewis Hamilton, scoring six points and then an extra point for fastest lap. 6th was Pierre Gasly, scoring eight points. 5th, Vettel with 10, fourth Perez 12, and then your podium, as we've sort of alluded to at this point, was Norris with 15 points, Carlos Sainz with 18 points, and then Max Verstappen on top with 25 points. So, yeah, I, I, going back to Ocon, he's had a solid run of form late, but he's been in the points, I think this is what his third, third race in a row. Yeah, I think being yeah. as like compared so, to like last year. Last year he was being compared to Daniel Ricciardo, which, on in reality, isn't going to turn out well for him. Considering Ocon had a year out and Daniel had known that car for a year, it's like that wasn't going to bode that well for him. But go and get up against the two-time world champion who's had two years out. I say, yeah, um, that's like. So is it a case of flip the script? Yeah, and now yeah. he suddenly oh. looks better because his teammates just not up to speed. But also, he's also been in that car for a year now. So he was in Daniel's place last year. So like, of course, he's going to look a bit better. And there's like a lot now. There's like a lot of talk of him being in contention for that second Mercedes seat if Valtteri does get fired. There's a report coming out from yeah. a Russian TV source that says that Bottas has technically already been replaced at the end of the season. I was, I was, I saw that. I was going to mention it, but I, I didn't know where the source is um, from, so like, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, it's it's from someone from Russian media. Uh, I can't remember his exact name, but um, it got posted on Twitter. Uh, so take it as you will. It's it's Twitter, but it's also come from a media representative source, so it could have some grains of truth in it. And I'm, I wouldn't exactly be shocked by the news, to be honest. No. Um. But yeah, I think Ocon sort of, he's doing well. Yes, don't get me wrong. Um, uh, but at this point, I think it's exactly what Alpine need. While yeah. Alonso gets back up to speed, he's still, you know, he's not scoring halls of points, but he's scoring points. He's keeping them, he's keeping them ticking over, uh, which is helping them 
stay in contention in the uh, in the constructive championship. Um, so, well, let's 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 go through um, <laughs> the driver standings. Um, I can't. I don't think anyone's changed position. I haven't made my graphic yet because I've been doing an exam today. So I don't. I don't have my who's moved up and down since last time. Um, but I'll just run through the order. So twentieth and surprising, absolutely nobody is Nikita Mazepin. Nineteenth uh, Mick. Eighteenth uh, is Nicholas Latifi. Seventeenth Russell. Sixteenth Raikkonen. Fifteenth uh, Giovinazzi. One point. Fourteenth Sonoda. Two points. Thirteenth Alonso. Five points. Twelfth Stroll. Nine points. Eleventh uh, Vettel. Ten points. Ocon is in 10th on 12 points. Uh, Gasly is in 9th on 16 points. Daniel Ricciardo is in 8th on 24 points. Uh, Sainz, he has moved up. I remember that one. Sainz is up into 7th. He's on 38 points. Uh, Charles is in 6th, still on 40 points. Uh, Perez is in 5th on 44. Bottas is in 4th on 47. Uh, Norris has moved back up into 3rd. Uh, on 56 points and then your top two are now Lewis Hamilton on 101 points and Max Verstappen on 105 points uh, which we mentioned earlier uh, is a new leader of the championship um, and then very quickly constructors uh, 10th Haas no points 9th Williams no points 8th Alfa Romeo 1 point 7th Alpine 17 points 6th Alfa Tauri 18 points 5th Aston Martin 19 points so that's a very spicy battle for third two points between three teams uh fourth ferrari 78 points third mclaren 80 points that's close still and then even closer second mercedes on 148 and first red bull on 149 so there are uh, three tightly fought contests throughout the the field this year which is nice because normally we talk about, we joke about Formula 1.5. This year we've sort of got Formula 1, Formula 1 and a third, and Formula 1 and two thirds, and then and then Williams and Haas. <laughs> so I, I think I think it's good that like after five races to have three teams separated by two points, the, the third and fourth team separated by two points, and the top two teams separated just by one point. I, I think it bodes well. Yeah. So, um, F one fantasy. Probably get to. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say there's, there's, I, I do the Chris thing and bring up the stewards documents at this point. But to be honest, <laughs> I, I went through scrutineering and it said everything was fine. And then we've spoken about black and white flags already, and that was pretty much the entire document. So, I think it's time for uh, for F one fantasy league. So, um. Got from my amazing traffic paradise here, which came second if it hadn't been for Ben's mate. Is that Mega driver? Yeah, Ben's yeah, blinked. I've been ben seeing. has blinked. Yep. I've so been seeing like, Supermax oh. all weekend. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yep. fair play. That has that paid is... off. That has shame, paid shame off. Yeah, shame about the the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's actually 12 in Sophie's League as well now. Oh, blimey. Oh, wow. That's the furthest uh, I'll get, but I'll take it all day long. <laughs> Then we have Traffic Paradise, which I got the whole podium and the Red Bull, which I was very happy about when I found out. <laughs> um, then we got... Should I just go through them all? Yeah. Yeah, Pedal to the Vettel. Norris, Turbo Driver, that was pretty good. Um, 
Shane Butler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the big F in that team. Yeah. Uh, and we got smooth operator, Rip Mick. Uh, turbo driver Galfi, that's not bad. Then, um, yeah, it, it, I had Mick in two teams, that's the thing. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Leclerc turbo driver again. Okay. Imagine the points. I saw so many people saying they'd swapped someone for Charles for their turbo driver. And mm. oh pain for them. I'm, uh, I'm too I'm too uh stubborn to not have it as Norris at this point. Got lick the stamp, got Mick. Oh, not, yeah. not great. I mean, uh, Perez, Perez has Perez, done all right there. Perez but everyone else has had an absolute shocker. Oh, yeah. Then we got mine. Ah, pain. <laughs> Which can ignore holy mac and cheese balls. And then pole position. Yes. Oh, did Chris <laughs> last this week? Oh, that, that's why he's not here this week. He did yeah. the absolute dragon. What was, what was his point score this week? <laughs> oh damn it! I, I still hold the record for the worst week. Then, oh, you'll never ever beat. I, I said about my record last week. Yeah, like, yeah. You, I, never I, gonna be I'm just talking week. about this season. This season, yeah. Because yeah. Chris keeps uh, gently reminding me of my like 67 points or whatever it was, <laughs> which was very painful. Um, oh man, I'm 161st in Swiss League. Damn it! In I still can't believe I'm 12. <laughs> so, oh, I'm 647th in Sophie's uh, League. Oh, you're you're a few places ahead of my second team in 679th. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's not gone. It's not gone well for me this weekend. I mean, I say that it's gone okay. Um, like two of my two of my teams scored over 200 points. So. Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's reasonable. Traffic Paradise got 54th in the Monaco one. Overall, I'm not doing great. But in Monaco, I got 54th. That's not bad. No. I'm also confused as to why. I'm, I'm looking at my fantasy page, and it says that my, my second team, Lick the Stamp, scored 150 points in the race week and therefore finished fourth. Oh, no, that's not the, the race week to call. That's overall. I'm being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is that fourth? It's clearly last. No, uh, it was sixth. There we go. Found the right thing. Yeah, we're going to have to be on our toes with the uh, sprint races because there's a different point structure for that. But uh, we'll, we'll cover that. Yeah, yeah, I saw at the time. It, it, I had like a thing come up with like yeah. different things for sprint races. And I was like, I can't be bothered anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't be bothered right now. So. Should we move on to F2? Maybe? Yeah, let's look at the uh, the support races. Um, I mean, First we had, role, we had a, a bunch with yeah. us this weekend. We had F2, yeah. Frecker, and actually Porsche Super Cup. <laughs> I didn't watch any of that. No. Uh, I, I, oh, I, was, I know there was like yeah. a crash which had to delay the Frecker race. I mean, yeah, it was a car park. Yeah. And Will Buxton yeah. tweeted out an image of it with Traffic Paradise as the caption. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a there was a car literally sideways across the track and then about yeah, six other I saw, cars like, stuck the behind it. thing on the Frecker race, I saw like the yellow patch of like sawdust or whatever it was. I do want to say actually, uh, before we move on, uh, 
in case anyone was listening last week and wondering what the hell we were on about with the green lines. Uh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> with the green lines at Massimo, uh, what Alex thought was going to be the uh, the attack mode activation for Formula E turns out, thankfully, to a, a lovely Formula One camera shot to just be a taxi rank outside the hotel casino. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I thought I was so clever as well. I, every time oh. I saw the camera angle, I started laughing to myself thinking, yep, that's it. Not... it, it you can clearly see it says taxi, right? Yeah. There. It did actually say taxi as well. Oh, that's the worst thing. I mean, it, it did kind of look like attack mode. I mean, yeah, I, I, I will give it taxi. to you. I will give uh, it to you, was, but apart from the, the fact it said, apart from, apart, apart from the word taxi. Apart from that minor <laughs> point, yeah. Oh, God. That, that really did <laughs> make me brilliant. chuckle when I noticed that in practice. <laughs> When I when when I saw that come off in the group, I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was wondering whether I should spoil it and tell you in the group chat, or whether I should have just saved it for now. Yeah, I was in the middle of a shop when I saw it. I tried not to burst out laughing, but like, oh. Everyone, everyone on Discord was like, "Why are you laughing so hard?" I was like, "Alex thought that was attack mode. It's a taxi rank." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Uh, should we start Happy with video. Formula Two? Yeah. Um, we'll we'll start with the sort of the headline of the weekend of we the the youngest ever Formula Two race winner, uh, Theo Porcher. Um, right. A very solid young, weekend. Yeah, like youngest race winner, youngest pole sitter, youngest entry. I'm guess I think in Formula Two. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think mm. the the youngest before him was Lando. It's like. Yeah, it's not it's not legal to drive on the roads in Monaco. They just want to race there. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't drive a car, but he can drive mm. a car. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like, sprint race one, obviously he started 10th because of uh, reverse pole grid. Uh, finished that race in 7th. Sprint race, and it's Monaco, and he's got past three cars. That's good. Uh, sprint race two, obviously that then gets flipped. Uh, he's finished 4th, so I think he's pretty much held station at that point. Um. And obviously the feature race is from qualifying, so he was on pole, and I believe he just led the whole thing and just yeah, romped so. to it. Um, yeah, it, was, it was interesting because that thing I was saying about earlier with when the cars pitted, they were so slow on the on the outlaps. Like it was much worse because they don't they don't even have the the tire blankets. Yeah, yeah. they have to generate them. all the heat themselves. Yeah, you see them doing like multiple warm up laps, don't you? Yeah, qualifying is just like how many warm-up laps are you going to do before you do a push lap? Yeah. And somewhere like Spain, it's usually two because the the track's, you know, abrasive enough to generate that heat. I think it was Yuki talking to WTF1. Um, He was saying one of his favourite things in F1 is the tyre blankets because he (laughs) does have to warm up his tyres as much anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You still lose a lot of temperature between the time they're taken off and the time you trundle yeah. out the end of the pit lane, but at least you had some heat in them to start with. Um, yeah. I, it does surprise me that they're not more commonplace, to be honest. Yeah, and a few a few people lost out big time to that because again, though, like F one, there was a leading group, wasn't there, in the feature race? Yeah, and then again, it was like because Drogovic, for example, benefited massively from his strategy, but then you saw, I think it was Schwartzman. Yeah, well, he had an absolute shocker again, didn't he? Mm. He was in that leading group and then just lost so much time on his outlaps that he was back in you know, the lower end of the points. 
Yeah, he did um, finish up fourth though, so he kind of did recover that. I honestly thought he was further back than that, but (laughs) no, he finished fourth, Um, uh, tenth in the second sprint race, and in the first sprint race, he crashed in the first one. He He crashed himself on the first lap. Yes, he didn't score any points. He lost his front wing, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So his season is. Um, one thing I do want to cover about, and I'm kind of sad that Chris isn't here to discuss this with us because it's steward related and we know how he loves his steward rules um the 107 percent rule i can't believe we're actually having to have this discussion in a series as high as formula two uh but for those who don't know uh the 107 percent rule is to do with qualifying and it states that if a car does not complete a time that is within 107 percent of the leader's time then they have not officially gone fast enough to qualify for the event. Now, and they can use practice times as well. If yeah, they don't so for example, qualifying. Mick Schumacher didn't participate in qualifying, but he had uh, put in a what's known as a representative lap time in an earlier practice session. I think he, he was up in like P14 at one point. Yeah, he was. Um, so that is why he was allowed to participate in the session without having to go through qualifying um it's that's sort of uh, an exceptional case but for whatever reason if your car breaks down or whatever you can use practice times the thing was with deleda his qualifying time was faster than any of his practice times and he was still slower than 107 percent wasn't he closer to the frecker qualifying time than the actual f the closest f2 car yeah i think there was something like that it, it was honestly ridiculous um and the, the representatives were called into the steward's office afterwards, and then there was no uh, reasoning behind the steward's decision, but they announced that he would be allowed to race. And it's kind of, what's the point in having a rule if you're not going to enforce it when you need to? Well, I think Michael, I heard Michael Massey apparently said there was, he had apparently some mechanical issue that they reported from his car in practice, which is obviously rubbish. But I mean, I was I was I looked a couple of times in the race. I'd like sort of glance at the graphic of you know the timings, and it was every single time. You know, it updates like every couple of seconds, isn't it? Yeah, it's not quite as quick as F one because they don't yeah. have the same onboards. He was literally losing like tenths every single time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, his um like, from from sprint race one because that's the the best example we've got because he starts at the back and therefore the only limit is the car in front of him. His his fastest lap in that race was two seconds slower than any other driver on the grid. Oh god! That's and so... compared to the leaders, he was three and a half seconds a lap slower. Oh god! Which is ridiculous, considering the lap time is low one twenties in a Formula Two car now. Three and a half seconds a lap is not a lot of lap. He was getting lapped in a sprint race that was the ridiculous thing wasn't the, the, the 10, one wasn't it it was mad wasn't the letter the one that was like caught speeding in a road yes. car and then like there was a whole thing of which because it wasn't in his home country or something like that well shame he can't go that fast in a formula two car because that would really benefit him more than speeding a road car 
Yeah, that was that was the uh, the the next meme that went around Twitter. Really, was oh, you'd have thought he'd done really well considering it's public yeah. roads, and you know how he loves to drive on those. Mm. So yeah, <sighs> well, I mean, well, first of all, it's dangerous having someone that slow, isn't it? Yes. On, yeah, that's why the rules there, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Second of all, yeah, I think it's a shame that again we're having to talk about a driver that's clearly too slow for a category, but isn't it because of money? Because I mean, Deleda, to be fair. To be fair, so I don't know why I'm saying <laughs> that, but I mean, he hasn't so far been as slow as Ragunathan was, but then Monaco no, but was actually, actually slower. He was slower, yeah. But Monaco, he was slower, yeah. But I mean, obviously, we've had Deleda, we had Ragunathan, I mean, Mazapin to a lesser extent. Obviously, there's all the other yeah, issues. Mazapin won quite a few races. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's all the other issues then, but yeah, again, you know, we've come on to our F2 review and we've We've had to mention, we've talked about a couple of drivers and we've had to mention the worst driver on the grid again, just like we always have to do with Mazepin because it shouldn't be there. And right, let's, let's really. put this into perspective for everyone. Uh, the highest he has positioned himself in a championship in any of, well, of the F4, F3, Euro... Of the open, open wheel races, is it? Yeah. Yeah, op- single-seaters, I mean. Ninth. Oh. His his next highest, fifteenth. I why money, why money is he there? Really talks, doesn't it? He he finished thirty fourth in Formula Three, and he took part in eighteen of the races. He didn't score a single point. I just don't understand. Like obviously it's clearly money, but I always thought this with Ragunathan. Imagine being like a team member at his team. Like MP so demoralising. Yeah, he was. was at MP Motorsport. I'm not yeah. exactly sure who thing he is with. HWA, isn't it? HWA oh, Race Lab. Just yeah. imagine being, you know, yeah. all the debriefs, setting the cars up, all every all the stuff that goes into a race weekend, just to know that you're going to be. <laughs> just to know that you've given it to a driver just that can't even keep up. Well, just imagine being Deleda or Ragunathan or whoever. Like, how can you have no shame to be in that series? Yeah, when you know you're that far off the pace, like if I if someone offered me the chance to race in F two, and I, I'd say no because I just embarrass myself. If if someone offered me the chance to race in F two, I'd say sure, as long as I got to do testing. And if I'm not within half a second of the the last car on the grid, then I'm not going. Yeah, but if I'm lots, if I'm close to being on the pace, given how little experience I have, I'd give it a go. Yeah. If I was that close, yeah. yeah. But if I was a second a lap slower, I'd be like, nah, I'm I'm not I'm not putting myself through this. There's mm-hmm. no point. I'm not competitive. Yeah. I mean, There's like I no have, no value of like say like yeah. any of us who have no I don't think any of us have like competitive karting. You like karting or single seater like I think we do all right in amateur karting series. You say that. Last time I went karting with, <laughs> I went karting with my brothers and like a couple of their friends. Um, we were going around the corner, ninety degree left hander, straight in the barrier. It wouldn't turn. I it just it just wouldn't turn, so I went oh, straight you, in the barrier. You must barrier. have had the same mechanical fault that the leather's car had. Yeah, most of them. <laughs> no, but I don't think. You guys might do really well. I don't think I'd have a shot. Oh, but <laughs> I don't know. I've 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 had very mixed races. I've had races where I've lapped people, and then I've had races where I've been lapped. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm not the most seconds. experienced. Yeah, we only did like 
just laps. We didn't do a race. And I was about a second behind everyone else. But in my, in all fairness to me, I'm like a year or two younger and they can all drive. I don't. So that's my excuse. I've never driven. <laughs> that, that was my only excuse. To be fair, when, when I did, we went, um, when I went go-karting with a couple of mates, uh, I was the only one that didn't have a driver's license. And I outqualified everyone. <laughs> so one lap pace, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, they were all old enough to drive on like and learning. Oh, I was, I was to old get... enough. Yeah, they were all like learning. <laughs> they were all like learning to drive and everything, like over 17. Me, the 16 year old, just like I can drive. <laughs> Big quotation marks. <laughs> on the game, yes. In real life, not so much. Um, I'm <laughs> I'd I say, I say I'm pretty bang average at the game, to be honest. I think I'm better in real life. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll blame the controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I do. It's an easy excuse. It's the best one. <laughs> um, right, back to Formula 2. Uh, the second Was it the second sprint race that started wet? Or was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't race on the Sunday, did they? I don't know. No, didn't race on Sunday. Thursday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Um, did so, they do on Friday as well? Yeah, they, they Friday. They did, yeah, Friday. They quali Thursday, and then everything on track was done by midday local time on Friday, um, so that the track's empty in the afternoon. Um, just classic Monaco things, um, and then both sprint races on Saturday. Um, and yeah, it was they they started on full wet, <laughs> which was a bit bit interesting. Uh, but then it dried out, and then the F1 cars went out on dries as well. So that uh, kind of ruined it. Really, <laughs> would have been would have been interesting to see uh, to have to see the F1 cars battle with uh, a wet Monaco, um, especially considering Monaco's got the added intrigue of even if it's absolutely chucking it down with rain, you've got to watch your tire temperatures through the tunnel because that is still bone dry. Mm. So, mm. and if you mess up, wall. Yes. Oof. Yeah, there's, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, I think it was Lily that put in the Discord. It's like, yeah, track limits for this race. Wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did like her, I did like her suggestion, actually, on how to fix track limits. Um, of You know, we have the, the white line, but then it sort of bleeds into the red and white curb. It was to just put a thin black line on the outside edge of the, the, the standard white line between that and the curb. So that that then becomes the official outside line of track limits, and you go beyond that, and that's it. Game over. Yes, please. So, I just wish they'd like, stick to a uniform rule because some corners it's the white line, some corners it's the the back end of the curb, and just I know that's they're for another they, episode. I know <laughs> they want to go as fast as possible, but at the same time, I do want to see them race on a track. So. Yeah. But that's for another episode. Yeah, we've we've spoken about this before. <laughs> we'll we'll probably end up speaking about it again, no doubt. Um, what else is there with F two? I mean, there were overtakes. Yeah, yeah, surprising. Um, I'm I'm actually going to say, out of all of the races I saw, I think Formula E was the best at Monaco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're so much slower. They make the straights. So... Yeah. Kind of but they were they were actually able to follow each other as well, and they're made for street circuits. Yes, really. Yeah. So, yeah. 
like the Monaco racing is like the, the yeah. spiritual home for that yeah, yeah. like What's racing in Valencia was quite boring because it wasn't a street circuit yeah. I feel like they're made for street circuits just well that's the um George Russell fact <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I was going to say with the Formula 2 obviously Guan Yu Zhou had a de- he scored pretty well this weekend didn't he because um, but you- a lot of that came from the fact that he qualified 10th and therefore got reversed on pole yeah. and I, I was thinking like for someone like Monaco I think I'd rather qualify 10th than well, that's, the, that's the thing if you qualify 10th you start 10th you start first in one race yeah. and then if you finish first you'll then start 10th in two yeah so it's it's yeah, a mix I mean, of i mean i'd rather start 10th than 9th 8th 7th yeah 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 i'm but i'm, I'm thinking but... teo Porcher has started 10th in the first race and then got reversed gridded up to fourth and then started on pole yeah he had a really no. solid weekend yeah I think I think that's probably about as well as it can go, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the scores, and Guan Yu Zhou scored 15 points in the sprint race, which is the win, I think. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. Um, no points in the second sprint race, and then 12 points in the feature race. So, you know, yeah, he went ridiculously long in the feature race, didn't he? Which yeah. really worked well. He could have won if they because there was like three virtual safety cars in a row, wasn't there? Because everyone, because someone binned it, and then, and then no, obviously everyone lost tire temperature, so it was the Tickton one, and then, and then yeah, chain, it was a full chain reaction. It was a full safety car. Joe would have won, but I don't know if they kind of didn't want to give him a cheap win, and uh, or just the Mon- the Monaco marshals are just ridiculously quick, by the way. Like they, they yes, yeah, they cleared up. I do want to talk about them actually because. Yeah. I have mad respect for them because I didn't realise until now how quick they were. Yeah. And you look at they, they don't have the same sort of cranes and and like Jason they have like, and everything. Don't they have, they like have two a, cranes? Yeah, they have a crane like, at the yeah. exit of swimming pool because they know everyone bins it there. Isn't it other a Sandavant as well? Probably. But other than no, that, no, it's no, just a bunch of guys that just lift the car up, put it on a set of a, like a trolley on wheels, and then just wheel it out, and that's it, gone. Yeah, what they did really on? well for the um, Frecker race, just to, like move on to yes, that, because yeah. both crashes, I think there's only two crashes, um, like the big crash at the start, that was cleared up within like two minutes, something like that, and there was five cars in that. Like, granted, a lot of them were still flat, and like they could be steered, <laughs> they could be steered off. But like, especially with the Nicola Marilyn Jelly, is that his name? Uh, Nicola something. But um, quickly scroll through the standings. Yeah, yeah. He was his car was Marinelli. Yeah, Marinelli. So yeah, his car was almost flipped entirely over Dino Boganovich's car. So like you could see it almost go, and there's like the. I'm guessing like the camera or something, whatever, has flipped it back. It's like that was close to being flipped over and they cleared that away pretty quickly and with no crane at Sandemont as well. And mm. with Paul Aaron's car as well, because he just clipped the back of it and it just spun it around. Like he, that, was all, that was all that happened there. I mean, and you, they cleared you, that away pretty quickly as well. You think about the the sort of the length of time um, and the, the Monaco guys were getting stuff done in what was essentially one or two race laps 
and you think about Spain and how it takes them like four years to do anything. Mm. And it's kind of just like, why can't we have Monaco guys everywhere? <laughs> but uh, granted, I mean, there are a lot of guys doing Monaco. Like you, you can pretty much buy it. What is it? It's, is it Portier, the one into the tunnel? Um, you see, because of where the camera is, as it pans through the corner, you just see like an army of like eight guys in orange just on the inside of the corner waiting. <laughs> And it's just like, okay, yeah, fair. If you've got that at every corner, which they do, then you'll be able to move a car whenever you want. Are they Marshalls or Max Verstappen fans? We'll never know. Or McLaren (laughs) fans? We'll never know. What I find interesting (laughs) is that they all have um, helmets that are sort of similar to... uh, The only other helmets I've seen like it are um, helicopter pilots. But they've got the the whole, like, flip-down facelift. They they look very, very much like... um, pilot helmets but they're, they're mandatory for all of the, the stewards there which is, I think is good um, I think it's just a Monaco thing I don't think I don't remember yeah, it's seeing a Monaco thing. I don't remember seeing uh, marshals in helmets at other tracks um, but no I think yeah Monaco Monaco marshals they do a top job I think they're probably the best if not joint top with I'd say Silverstone are pretty good yeah, so you'd be right. So, um, but yeah, um, moving back to Frecker, um, the championship leader didn't score a point this weekend. And when it was his own fault for outbreaking himself into Sander Bot, when he was in a point scoring position, that's a big ouch. So, yeah, yeah it's not, not great for him, but I mean, you take what you get. Isaac Hajar had a phenomenal weekend and he was absolutely flying out in front. Um, did I make, I made notes. I made very, very limited notes this weekend because I was trying to revise for my exam. Um, most of my notes, in fact, are on the F2 sprint race. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Hajar just completely bossed the first race and then did pretty much the same again in the second to be honest he scored he got 25 points in the first race and 18 points in the second that's huge he's now third in the championship wasn't the second race podium just all ra i guess i think that's what i would say ra gp like that was all three of their drivers were on the podium (laughs) the pdf i have doesn't have the teams (laughs) doesn't tell me who they race for it just tells me their name That's really annoying. Um, I can tell you who was on the podium. Uh, Zane Maloney, Isaac Hajar, and Alex Quinn. I think, yeah, I think it was the no, second Quinn. race, I think. It was Adrian yeah. David. Yeah, I think they're all um, RHGP. That's a good weekend for them, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, when do we next see them? Okay, uh, Freca will next join us at Paul Ricard. For the French GP and Formula Two. Oh, they join us next time out at Baku, so we can enjoy the leather getting absolutely mullered into yeah, turn the, one. The race two, top three were RHGP. Oh yeah. God! Blue flags at Baku and the leather. Mm. I think we've got two blue flag icons of the generation here. We've got Mazepin and the leather. The leather's now actually got to come back and set a barnstorming lap time to prove that it was the car 
Because if he's still last, that excuse that is going to fall so flat. And I, I yeah, no, I can't see it happening. Not in a yeah. not in a month of Sundays. He was so slow every More session. Like, if if you're slow in a session, you fix it. If you find a mechanical problem, you fix it. If you think there's a mechanical problem, you look for a mechanical problem. <laughs> they were slow the whole weekend. That signifies to me that's a driver issue. So, but yeah. Uh, so our next next race is uh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, uh, obviously held in Baku Street Circuit. Uh, that is the weekend of the 4th to the 6th of June, uh, where we'll be joined by Formula 2. Uh, are we joined by anything else that weekend? Do we know? Because I don't know. We, we don't have Frecker, but I don't know if we've got any other. Formula 3? That's not the no, they're, they're no, they don't do it together anymore. Oh, that's no. Uh, no, nothing else. Okay, so it looks like it could just be F one and F two that weekend. I think it is. The more you know. At <laughs> <laughs> the shooting star graphic. Yeah. Um, I don't actually have that saved. Which means that next week we will be uh, we'll be discussing uh, how to fix Monaco. Uh, because I penned that in at the start of the season and by God, was that an inspired choice. It's almost like I knew it was going to be bad. So uh, <laughs> we will... Oh, mm, I'm a mystic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only I had the same mystic abilities at guessing Napoleon. Uh, but we will... That's uh, for Sonia. Yes, quite. Uh, we will see you next week where we will uh, discuss, uh, probably argue somewhat, uh, hopefully find a, a compromisable agreement uh, on how we would fix Monaco. So until and next time. And hopefully we'll have Chris back next week. Yeah, fingers crossed we'll be up to a full five. Uh, so until next time, this has been the Turn 5 podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, any other service. We're on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, like the video, give us a follow, rate us five stars, whatever is available on your platform. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.